Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by, well, it's just Adam. Adam, how's it going? Uh, just Adam's here. How are you doing, Just Tony? Uh, it's good. It's uh, just the boys today. Nobody else <laughs> Nobody else wanted to be, be on with us. No, you know what? I don't blame them. It's Friday night. They're probably out partying or something. That is true. They have lives. We don't. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have lives so that we can bring you the news. So we thought we would go through and round up the latest news from, uh, well, Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and uh, and share that with you. So uh, why don't we start over in Florida and talk about what's going on in the Magic Kingdom? Currently, Tron, uh, Light Cycle Slash Run, its proper name, is undergoing a cast member previews. And it's getting ready to open for the general public for April 4th. So yeah, we it's are a, two months away. It's about time because we, we've been gearing up for this ride for, what, about five years now? Yeah, this was a D23 2017 announcement. Right. I, I think the cast member costumes were previewed in 2019, and then all hell broke loose with COVID and tossed everything back. Did they now, really show those in 2019? They did. I don't remember that. They did. I think one of the exciting things is on uh, February 3rd, when we're recording the show, uh, Disney's TikTok account previewed a point of view ride in the evening on the Tron Light Cycle Run. So uh, if you want to check that out and see what you're going to be experiencing at night with the canopy lit, uh, you can go and see it. Uh, As Adam mentioned, cast previews are going on right now. And I hear that they have been having some trouble with the seats, that people are having trouble fitting in there uh, on some larger riders. If, if you're not aware, Tron Light Cycle Run is a motorcycle style ride. You sit in it very much like you do on uh, Flight of Passage over at, uh, at Pandora in the Animal Kingdom. Uh, and there is a back restraint that comes down. And I'm hearing that uh, larger riders are having issues with the back piece not being able to be lowered properly and restraining you properly. It's very similar to Flight of Passage, how it's set up. You're kind of like sandwiched in between the vehicle that you're laying your your front body on and this back brace. Um, And they put braces behind your calves as well. Right. There's not as much room there for your body as we would like there to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing is, is that some of the light cycle cars, the entire vehicle, the string of vehicles uh, end with uh, seats that are handicap accessible uh, and look like light cycles. However, they are more of a standard roller coaster seat. Um, But that is about half of the trains have those accessible cars and they are only the last car in the vehicle, in the line of, of light cycles. So uh, you can't get to those very easily. And during the cast member previews, there has been a uh, long wait for those, uh, upwards of of 35 minutes. Um, So uh, if you do want to test yourself and see how you fit inside the ride vehicle, there are test seats outside of the entrance. It's also a nice little photo opportunity, especially for those youngsters who are too small uh, and don't meet the height requirements for that ride yet to get a picture in the seat. That's the deal with Tron Light Cycle Run, uh, which is opening on April 4th. Okay, so they said they're announcing annual pass pre-hold, annual pass pre-holders, <laughs> annual pass holder previews 
I would have thought they would have sent emails this week because in theory, the previews are going to be in March mm-hmm. a month before the ride, but, uh, and March is coming. No, they have not sent those out yet. So, um, um, cause I, I'd, I'd like to go, uh, right. and I'd like to get a, like a weekend so I don't have to take off of work. Mm-hmm. And if they can announce it, that's great. Cause then I could book a flight and it's not terribly expensive cause I'm, you know, close, but uh, happily ever after, if we as we discussed, is coming back. It is. It is replacing Enchantment. Happily ever after will burst out on April third, and uh, they finally told us it'll be at nine o'clock in the evening, which awesome. makes sense because that's usually when they do fireworks. Or was it a little later than that? I, uh, so sometimes so it was like different times in Magic Kingdom. It, it all depends what time the park closes usually. Yeah. Right. So Enchantment replaced Happily Ever After back in 2021 and now Happily Ever After, a a new modified and updated Happily Ever After, because I believe they've changed some of the projections, uh, uh, will be replacing Disney Enchantment uh, beginning uh, this April. They haven't told us what is changed. Mm -hmm. If I had if listen, if I had to put my money on something, if I had to bet money they added and maybe replaced it with something got rid of mm-hmm. something older they put in an encanto scene i mean that movie <laughs> is is a you know powerhouse right it's got all the music all the kids like the music there's no reason why they couldn't have they've had a year to do this <laughs> mm-hmm. to put a two minute long encanto song and replace one of the older songs or add to it i mean they, they why not it's what's another two minutes um, right. I hope they did that. All right. Um, well, you know, you know what I love about Disney is they recycle. They're very <laughs> environmentally minded. Uh, do you know where the theme song to Happily Ever After came from? What do you mean? <laughs> well, the theme song was actually adapted from Hong Kong Disneyland's 10th anniversary celebration and Mickey's storybook adventure from Shanghai Disneyland. Oh. So they've repurposed the song and, and created a whole new show around it. Okay. So I don't uh, think you know, I realized that because I, I know I, I thought it was like, you know, more original. You're saying it's really not. It's really not. Hmm. Well, the, the show itself is, but the theme song uh, was was cobbled together from some Asian park stuff. So the song that Jordan Fisher sings. Correct. I saw him in New York City once. Oh, did you? It was, this was in the village, Greenwich Village. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where a lot of, if you're unfamiliar, that's where a lot of mm, wealthier people live. New York City as a whole is expensive to live in, but the village is no, there aren't really skyscrapers. It's mostly brownstone, you know, walk up townhouses. And um, so you can have a nice little house there. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, but you can have a nice little house there. So, so celebrities, you know, tend to live there. So anyway, I saw him walking. On the sidewalk, I walked past him. I looked at his face, and I said to myself, "That is somebody that I should know." I played it in my head, like, "Wait a minute, I figured out who it was." By the time I realized who it was, I turned around, and he was like already crossing the street, and then I ran after him. So, well, do you know what he was saying as he walked past you? He recognized me. That is probably someone I should know. (laughs) Uh, And then he took two more steps and completely forgot about you and started composing a new song. Uh, in, in addition to to happily ever after returning, uh, we have 
someone uh well we're, we're, we have an attraction returning but it's going to be returning in a new form uh as we all know splash mountain closed in january uh, and it is going to be rethemed to tiana's bayou adventure uh, the construction walls are up uh, they have some theming around them uh, related to the southern dome salt company which is part of the backstory and uh, adam you want to tell us what's going on there all right so this is from disney parks blog i'm not gonna pretend that um i'm making this up because i i'm not this i'm not this smart and i'm not this talented um it uh so it uh the ride based around tiana's foods which is an employee-owned cooperative isn't that interesting all right. Combining her talents with those of the local community, Tiana has transferred an aging salt mine and built a beloved brand. It says the endeavor began when Tiana purchased the salt mine and the area surrounding the large salt dome it operated from. A salt dome, if I'm if I'm not familiar, if you're unfamiliar, is like uh, in the south. It's like a big hill, and they can cart mine carts into it, and that's where they mine salt. Salt mines are close to my family, and that my great-grandfather worked in a salt mine in sicily italy a hundred and something years ago Uh, italy is known for salt mines as well it's a big um that's one of their big commodities that they have out there Um, all right but anyway uh with the help from her mother eudora Novine lewis lewis is the the crocodile that plays the alligator alligator sorry sorry alligator who plays the um the the trumpet uh and fellow owners of the cooperative what do you remember how to tell the difference between the alligator and the crocodile? Uh, yeah, one of them talks, one of them doesn't. Uh, no, one will see you in a while, and one will see you later. <laughs> That's right. We, we did that yes, last time. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, Tiana revived the old salt mine and surrounding land, growing a vi- wide vari- array of vegetables, herbs, and spices for recipes. Multifaceted enterprise has turned the aging salt mine into space that has come alive, complete with a boutique farm and both a working and teaching kitchen. Tiana's Foods is where Tiana and her colleagues create all sorts of new products that they're bringing to the world, including a line of original hot sauces. They have a uh, they've made a logo for her hot sauce. Will they sell the hot sauce in the parks? Maybe. I'll bet they will. They they should. Will they put it in their food? Maybe. Uh, with a warning, because not everybody likes hot sauce like me. Uh, Tiana wants to give a big thanks to her family and friends, the entire community, for all the support they've given her by throwing an amazing party during Mardi Gras season. When it turns out there's been a bit of a mix-up with the party preparations, Tiana invites us to meet her at Tiana's Foods to help with the missing ingredient for the party. When we arrive, we may see that Tiana spruce up the company's facilities with vibrant art from local artists. Food for the party is being prepared and beignets are being loaded into crates for the celebration. What kinds of preparations are underway for the journey into the bayou with Tiana? That's us. We are going into the bayou. Wow. You, you know you know my only question? Yes. How are they going to fit all of this into one attraction? Well, it's a long attraction. Because that sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot, but it's a long attraction. I mean, it's like 15 minutes long, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they're going to add all you – know, you know this Piana food stuff is going to all be in the queue. It's a, it's a big queue with a big barn. and Right. They're going to have all that stuff in there. And and my understanding is we are like the journey, the adventure through the bayou. See what they did there is us mm-hmm. helping her find the missing ingredients. Ingredients? Ingredients, yes. Yes, that's the plural. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think I think it's cute. I hope they what they are doing is they are extending the Tiana universe. So this is not going to be a book report retelling of the Princess and the Frog. It's going to be a a after Princess and the Frog ride, which means that there's going to be new stuff to to discover, which is nice. I just hope that they include the songs that we all like and and the critters that we like and. Right. And uh, that kind of stuff, which that kind of when they do that, sometimes they, you know, they add they, they change things. And then it's like, but wait a minute, where's the stuff that we like from the movie? Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. I mean, we haven't nobody's reading it, so we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And uh, rumor has it that uh, there might be a little bit more Tiana influence in Frontierland uh, as Picos Bill uh, Cafe may may be undergoing um undergoing a bit of a tiana makeover as well so yeah I, I mean they they confirm that tiana's palace will be replacing the french market in disneyland right when they announced this uh changeover they made mention that a tiana's palace would be would be coming but they didn't say if both coasts would be coming it would be going to both coasts mm-hmm. pico's yeah, bill it, is the is is the closest existing food service location to Splash Mountain, now Tiana's Bayou Adventure, so I don't know if that will be it. The, the only thing I don't like about that is as you walk through Frontierland from Liberty Square towards Splash Mountain, the buildings and architectural style uh, increase with time. Uh, so I believe the Picos Bill Tall Tale Inn Cafe is uh, around the 1880s. Uh, is is what that building is styled from. If I recall properly from Princess and the Frog, uh, Tiana is like a post-World War I, 1920s uh, time frame. Yeah, they actually said Tiana's Foods is established 1927. So, so we're off by so about yes. 50 years, and I'm just wondering if that will mean that they will also change the architectural style uh, of that part of Frontierland, which would then throw off the buildings that come after that because you know they go up from you know as time progresses the buildings change yeah i mean i mean you know technically the bayou isn't in the american frontier correct but splash mountain in theory well we don't know where splash mountain was set the movie was set in georgia which is also not the american frontier that is true Um, and and in new orleans louisiana is closer to the frontier than georgia is (laughs) So we're getting close. Right? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm sure they will make it work somehow. I don't think they're going to do the the riverboat theme look that the Disneyland French market is getting for Tiana's Palace. I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to look like that. It might be more of a rustic. It might just keep its rustic look and just right. change the name uh, from Pico's Bill to something else. And they're going to sell the beignets and, and like maybe more New Orleans style food there. That's my well, guess. They they also have the luxury in California of having New Orleans Square versus uh, a Frontierland to put this all in, which, yeah. of course, better fits the theming of Tiana since it took place in New Orleans in the movie. So that work that does work a little easier for them. But no matter what happens, you know, that's going to be captured uh, in pictures. And if you <laughs> haven't heard. You like my little segue there? I do. <laughs> uh, the Disney Photo Pass photographers this past week on February 1st debuted a new look. Uh, gone are the safari vests, which 
I loved. I, I need to get a safari vest myself. I think now you'll be able to find one pretty easily. You will uh, with their new neon green uh, environmentally friendly, eco-friendly costumes. They kind of look like Seattle Seahawk uniform colors <laughs> if you're a football fan. but uh, Or green highlighters if you're an office <laughs> supplies fan. True. Uh, and if you make videos, their shirts look like green screens. So, um, oh gosh, you know, I didn't even think of that. Right. So, so be on the lookout for them. Uh, they will be taking your photos. Uh, the material is eco-friendly. You know, it's this whole move towards sustainability and eco-awareness that that Disney is bringing about. And this is just, uh, you know, to be a part of that. The costumes are made of recycled material. And they are designed to control moisture. I believe they're they're somewhat wicking. They have wicking properties, uh, and they're also uh, protecting the cast members from the UV rays of the sun. So, um, so yeah, that's kind that's kind of exciting. I think uh, I, when I first saw this, I I don't like change, mm-hmm. and I was like you. I'm like I'm gonna miss the vests. I kind of like those uniforms. But what they did kind of do, uniforms, costumes, what they did kind of do is they kind of made it like blend. They've kind of made them blend into their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And my guess is I wouldn't be surprised if there was there were complaints that people couldn't find pass hole, uh, photo pass photographers because they probably right. couldn't tell what they looked like. Right. Um, they kind of looked like regular guests, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if these, now if, you could t- they you know uh, they could say look for the people in the green sh- the highlighter green shirts they're the ones that take the pictures. Well, they also could have said look for the people in the safari fests with the boonie hats. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean you um there are there are people wearing those in the parks that you know are there on vacation. So right, right. Well, it's a hey, new you look. wanted to be one of those people. I did. I would wear that outfit in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, that should be the subtitle of our show. We don't like change. We don't. Um, But uh, as much as we don't like it, we do accept it. So speaking of change, uh, one thing that hasn't changed is the Garden Rocks concert series, which is always a part of the International Flower and Garden Festival. And the lineup has been announced for 2023. The Flower and Garden Festival begins on, uh, what, early March? and extends through July. And beginning February 9th, guests can start booking Garden Rock's dining packages. Have you seen the list of performers this year? I have the list. Uh, the, so the, the festival is from March 1st through July 5th, but the first performer doesn't start until March 3rd. Yes. So they don't have somebody March 1st and 2nd. And there are not performers every day. There are gaps where there oh, are yes. no headliners. Uh, well, that's and true. In the past, I believe they have used either local acts or there just is nothing on the, the main stage those evenings. According to this show schedule, they have three concerts tonight, 5.30, 6.45, and 8 p.m. In my experience, they usually do like a 45-minute set because eight, the 8 p.m. slot, for example, the park closes at 9. I don't think they're going to play till 9 because then the fireworks start at 9 unless they're going to change that. Too, right. which I don't think they are. So my guess is they're about 45 minutes long. I have and the list. Do you want me to go through the whole list? Uh, you, you know, you might want to hit the highlights. And I know with a lot of these acts, um, it seems like they only have one or two hit songs. So you can drag those out for 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out 
because uh, I like to do sound clips. As you, have, if you've been listening, I've been adding more and more sound clips, and I do pull music from real acts. So I'm just trying to figure out which ones I will take. The first one is Journey former lead vocalist Steve O'Geary. So it's not Journey; it's their former lead vocalist, and he was in Journey from 1998 to 2006. All right. So. The question is, does he is he allowed to do Journey songs? Because Journey is still a is still a band, right? They're right. Not gone. Who has the rights to those songs? I don't that's know. That's a good. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's the first one. Daughtry, who won American Idol, is after that March '56, right? He's, he's a pretty good star. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of I will skip ahead. Smash Mouth, who of course is famous for the Hey Now You're an All-Star song that was in Shrek. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. They are uh, marked 12 through 13. That's a pretty good one. It is. The Pointer Sisters, I, I, I know them. They're a Motown-type group. They've been around since the 70s. They are March 26th and 27th. It's my mother's birthday is March 26th. Perhaps huh. she'd like and to I go know see she the Pointer Sisters. Pointer, I know she likes Pointer Sisters. How about that? We have TBD, April 3rd. Love them. <laughs> TBD, to be determined. That's the joke. Starship featuring Mickey Thomas. See, Mickey Thomas used to be uh, Jefferson Starship singer, and I'm sure that he is singing songs from Jefferson Starship. Or just Starship? No? We don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Don, here's another one that we don't know. Don Felder, formerly of the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are, are you know, if you're doing a list of American performers, bands, whatever... The Eagles are like probably top ten on major people's lists. Right. So is this guy able to play the Eagles? I hope so. I don't know. Uh, a Flock of Seagulls, April 21st and 22nd. Now, A Flock of Seagulls, don't they have a song already in Epcot?
do they? They are. Don't, didn't they do? Oh, they I have ran? one of the songs in uh, Guardians. Yes. Yeah. I ran is their song. I'm not even sure that they have another song. <laughs> So that's cool. So you can be able to see them. Uh, cool in the gang, April 30th and May 1st. They're very good. My favorite bands, only because I like to think the name is very funny, Herman's Hermits. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever heard them, but I just love that name. <laughs> Herman's Hermits are classic 60s. I wish Rachel was on with us, because Rick Springfield will be performing again. Yes, I know will. she loves with Rick Springfield. Plain White Tees, they're a, you know, a punk uh, 2000s band, um, Vertical Horizon. Tony Orlando, another 70s mainstay. But no Dawn, just He's Tony back. Orlando. How old is he? He's 78 years old. Good for he him. Is. He'll be playing June 18th and 19th. Living Color. I'm not familiar with him. Wang Chung. Cult of Personality? How do you not know Living Color? I don't. Of course, it, their song it? probably came out before you were born. Well, is, isn't... Wasn't that a show, but wasn't it Living it, Color? It was. It was a different... The uh, show was different than the band. Okay. And then, as Adam said, July 2nd and 3rd, we wrap it up by Wang Chunging. What's their big hit? Oh, everybody Wang Chung tonight. What? You everybody went chung tonight? You don't, you don't know that song? That's that's their song. Is it everybody have fun tonight? Uh, it, well, the other verse is everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. Because <laughs> you don't know fun until you have wang chung. <laughs> yeah. So it's. I think. Listen. I mean, it's free, right? So how how good of a group can you get that you're not charging people extra to watch? That's, that's right. a tough sell, you know. And free is relative. Just It's just the cost of a ticket to get into yeah. Epcot. You don't have to listen if you don't like any of these bands. You can just walk through. You really don't hear them from beyond, like, the American pavilion. No, you do honest. not. Like, you don't hear them in Japan or in Italy. Right. So. Now, if you do want to pay additional money, uh, you can get the dining package to get some guaranteed seating. Uh, that will give you an appetizer, entree, dessert, and a non-alcoholic beverage at some participating restaurants. And you will get one guaranteed seat per person for the Garden Rocks concert on that same day. Uh, the prices range from $35 to $95, depending upon the restaurant. Uh, and those reservations do open on February 9th of 2023. So if you'd like to head down to the Flower and Garden Festival this summer, I suggest you reach out to Main Street and More Travel and uh, have them book your trip for you. Yeah, the dining packages are nice because you don't have to worry about waiting in line. And I'm sh- I know some of these groups will have a line. Yes. Rick, Rick Springfield. Springfield yeah. Will have. Isn't that funny how we both line. said Rick Springfield at first? He will have a line. Yes. 
there will be women and men waiting for him. Yes. Yes, there will be. <laughs> so fun times coming to Epcot. And uh, when you're there, of course, you've got to adjust yourself to the new parking uh, structures, uh, parking lot names out in the uh, out in the parking lot. Uh, the names have been added. Gone are the classic, uh, what, discovery and science and innovation. Right, the new lots sections are named after characters from Moana, Finding Nemo, Guardians of the Galaxy, and WALL-E. They are split into Earth and space sections. Uh, what used to be known as the East and West trams are now known as the Earth and space trams, although the trams have yet to return but they have already changed things up for you when they do return. <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on the new character parking lot names? I'm sure you can imagine what my thoughts were. Uh, yes. We don't like change. We don't like change. Um, yes. I, I thought the names were, were one of them was explore. You know, I liked that. It was like a sense of adjectives of things that you're going to maybe do in Epcot. And now right. they're just, now they are just characters you know what it is? Some it's of them you don't even really interact with in the park. Right. But let's, now. let's bring more IP into the parks uh, and, and actually the outskirts of the parks now. <laughs> um, but your space lots are, are Wally, Eve, Rocket, and Gamora. Rocket and Gamora do have a presence because they are Guardians of the Galaxy. Wally and Eve, no real presence in Epcot. Earth lots are Hey Hey, Moana, crush and dory um of course moana getting the uh journey of water uh coming to um epcot uh in 2020 late this, this year isn't it 2023 yeah and you know i'm sure there might be some hey hey element there uh, and then crush and dory of course can be seen over in uh, the seas with nemo and friends uh so the only the only oddballs here are wally and eve all right so do you want to speculate what's going on uh, do you think there's going to be a new Wally and Eve attraction coming? When I saw that, I thought to myself, I would not be surprised if they are going to put them in Spaceship Earth. Okay. Because that attraction, especially at the end, you are sort of in space. Originally at you know D23 2019, they announced that they were going to do like a, re, a refurb overhaul to Spaceship Earth. Right. And we didn't know what that really meant. They were going to make it into the history of storytelling as opposed to this history of communication, what it is now. Uh, there were some pictures that made it look like there was a Moana figure in one of the scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like dancing lights in the scenes. Okay. But we don't really know. We don't know like what what the extent of that was. Right. So anyway, so so fast forward that. You know, they did not do that refurb. Spaceship Earth still looks like the way it is, as it has for a long time. How can they add a character who they don't have to build robots for mm -hmm. and make and not have to change too much? They can do that with Wally and Eve. They can make them screen characters. They can even just put them in the video on the seats, you know? Right. What right. if they just add them to the end scene and they're like helping you build your future or something. So mm -hmm. if I had to guess they are, they would be coming there. Some people think, well, maybe they're going to put them in the, well, I'll let you speculate. You can speculate. Okay. Yes. Form your, form your own opinion here. Awesome. Well, what do you know? You speculate, Tony. I have no thoughts on this. You have no thoughts. No thoughts. 
they don't think they're going to the Wonders of Life Pavilion. They're going to replace the play thing that they were going to do. No, I, I think that's going to remain vacant for a while. What about Mission Space? No, I don't think they're going to retain that. I, I, I don't think they're going to touch Epcot for a while. I think they're going to put, uh, you know, they're going to finish off Moana. They're going to finish off the uh, Festival Pavilion. Uh, they're going to put in the Walt statue. And they're just going to finish things up, and, and, and I don't think that we're, we're going to be headed for anything major in Epcot for the next five or six years. I uh, think I agree with that. You know, I'd, I'd love to see this Mary Poppins thing that kind of got put on the back shelf uh, over in the UK, yeah. but it, it's not going to happen. If that is truly the case, then why wouldn't they just put a, you know different space characters? Like, they could have just done uh, Rocket and... Um... They could have done Drax, no, no, you know. Not Rocket. I'm sorry. Groot and, yeah, Drax. Right. But they didn't. So, and I don't, I personally do not think they would put Wally in Mission Space because Mission Space is not a kid's ride. Right. And they would not put a kid's, and I'm not just saying, I, know, I, I understand more than kids enjoy this stuff. I understand that. But they are not going to put a children's IP into a ride that kids can't ride. Right. They really want to avoid that. And they usually do avoid that. Um, you'll see how they when they theme things um, mm-hmm. and how they you know who they put to what kind of rides, because you don't want to turn away a small child that can't see the the Eve and Wally attraction because it's a it's an insane, you know, flight simulator to space. Right. That's my opinion on that. All right. Duly noted. As we've said before on other things, time will tell. Mm hmm. Time will tell. Uh, and speaking of times, uh, a whole bunch of new times have been added in my Disney experience over in Hollywood Studios for a whole bunch of new characters. Uh, some of them are appearing uh, for a short time. Some of them seem to be uh, taking up long-term residence. Uh, and we are now seeing Goofy and his son, Max, who is wearing his Powerline costume. Uh, and they are meeting folks over near the main entrance to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they are character meet and greets, but they are not taking photos together, uh, so they are two separate meet and greets. Uh, Goofy is wearing his classic uh, orange shirt and blue pants, but he has a nice little Hawaiian shirt overlay uh, on top of his, uh, I don't know if that's a turtleneck. I think that's a turtleneck. And Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are now meeting guests over by Echo Lake. Uh, they're going to be somewhat permanent. Uh, Frozone and Edna Mode are rotating on the patch of grass that is near the center of Hollywood Studios, uh, kind of just outside to the right of the Chinese theater as you're looking at it. And Chippendale uh, are appearing, as they have been recently, outside of the Brown Derby. Uh, and they are going to be joined by Clarice Chipmunk uh, through Valentine's Day. Uh, she has appeared in a, in a couple of short films with them, so uh, we'll be seeing her uh, for part of February. Uh, so always, always exciting to see new characters. Uh, I believe you're a big Powerline fan. Are you not? Powerline's great. I just wish that you could meet Powerline. Mm-hmm. Not Max's Powerline. Right. Well, you that's know, like the white whale. Right. Is meeting Powerline. You know, you can't have everything, Adam. No, obviously we can't. No. No, uh, I just and- wonder, like, it's not like they actually have to find Powerline. It's just a person in a suit. So I don't know why right. they just don't have somebody in the suit doing that. But that's but that's another. Maybe they don't have a suit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if Max's Powerline is popular enough, there will be a Powerline. I, I yeah, I would think. I would hope. Mhm. Mhm. 
All right. Uh, and what else new is uh, headed towards Hollywood Studios? We have an opening date for the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue Restaurant that will be in Toy Story Land. Excellent. We've, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Seems like we got a pattern here. Right. It will open on March 23rd. Excellent. That is uh, two days after I'm in uh, Disney World. <laughs> so I will uh, once again miss an opening. The description on this, is, first of all, it's not a character meal. There is a lot of character in the restaurant. We've got the barrel full of monkey monkeys. We have toy trains. We have cardboard like boxes that make it look like Andy drew on them. We've got really cool looking ceiling tile that they've um, put stars on and such, mm-hmm. which is which is in, it's an interesting choice that they kept the ceiling tile. I'm surprised they didn't sheetrock the ceiling, but that's another story. But anyway, the food will be barbecue inspired comfort foods served family style. Awesome. So you will get platters of home house smoked meats, sides and desserts. Yes. Uh, and uh, based on the menu, I think one of their uh, big things is going to be the Prospector's homemade cheddar biscuits that are served with sweet pepper jelly. Uh, they have a couple of salads. They have a tomato salad. They have a romaine and kale salad and a watermelon salad. Uh, and then the meat basket, uh, uh, they have four different kinds of meats. They have the evil doctor smoked ribs, the buttercups beef brisket. There's a sausage in my boot. Uh, and the barbecued chicken with style. Uh, so those will be your food options. Uh, there are some sides, slow smoked cauliflower, oven roasted bratwurst, and the impossible rib chop uh, will be available. And then there are, oh, I'm sorry, those are not sides. Those are plant-based offerings. Uh, sides, they have married spuds, force field fried pickles, slinky dog mac and cheese, uh, Buckin' baked beans, cow poke corn on the cob, mean old potato salad, veggie slaw, campfire roasted vegetables. Uh, dessert is cupcake a la forky, lemon and blueberry cheesecake, Billy's chocolate silk pie, goat's apple pie, and Gruff's peach strawberry pie. Uh, there will be a selection of grown-up cocktails, uh, and there are some non-alcoholic offerings as well. Uh, so as Adam mentioned, that will open on March 23rd. Uh, you know, very interesting that the past couple of restaurants to open, uh, the Regal Eagle Smokehouse uh, over in Epcot, and now the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue uh, in Toy Story Land. So do you sense a theme? Will they be opening up a barbecue in the Magic Kingdom? Uh, we already have Flame Tree Barbecue in Animal Kingdom, so no need to open up a new, you know, new barbecue-themed restaurant there. What are your thoughts? Well, we did just discuss that Pecos Bill um, could be possibly maybe getting some kind of refurb. Mm-hmm. Does Tierra know is, anything about barbecue? I'm not sure, but I do know that where is barbecue from? The frontier, of course. Right. <laughs> I, I guess it could that that could that's going to be a possibility. I was talking to some friends about this new restaurant. It's family style, so we do not know the price. But you will not be like choosing a meal. So you'll be paying probably a little bit more than you'd like to, but you're going to get a lot of food to eat. Mm-hmm. But the way I was reading this was you get to choose four of the sides. Okay. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight sides. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the sides and I was like, wait a minute, I want the sides. 
I don't necessarily need all this meat. Right. They've got like loaded potato barrels, which are uh, tater tots, right? Covered with like dressing and cheese, right? Uh, fried pickles, mac and cheese, baked beans, corn on the cob, potato salad, veggie slaw, which I guess is like coleslaw, mm-hmm. and uh, and roasted vegetables. I don't want to choose from four of those. I want all of them. Well, you'll have to join another family, uh, and and <laughs> you'll you'll order four, and they'll order the other four. Uh, and then you'll become best friends over the sides. <laughs> now, the other thing I was talking with my friends, Marissa and Natalie about, if they're listening, hello, is barbecue in general as a food option in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. You come from very similar to where I come from. Barbecue is not something that we get, we are like craving over. No. It is not in our lexicon of food. I will eat a pulled pork sandwich. I will eat like ribs, but I do not seek out barbecue restaurants and I do not get overly excited when I'm like in a place and I know they have barbecue. It's just not something I really get excited for. Right. But I know that there is a certain subset of the population in the United States and you might be listening. Thank you for listening uh, that do enjoy barbecue. And I guess that's why they feel the need that they have to add more barbecue type restaurants. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you a question. We'll d- divert from the news here for a second. Uh, if you're going to eat barbecue on property, where is your go to barbecue? I never even think about eating like I never like. I, I whenever I'm anywhere, I never think, oh, I need to eat a plate of ribs or I need to eat a roasted chicken. Like, I don't like think like that. Right. So but I know what you're saying. Right. I have. See, I don't even think I've had the like I've eaten at Regal Eagle at, in Epcot. Mm-hmm. But have I eaten? I've only eaten sides there. I've never. Right. <laughs> I've, I've never like sat down and eaten a plate of meat because it's right. a heavy. That's a heavy dish. Well, I, I will tell you, if you want the uh, what I consider to be the best barbecue on property, you're headed over to Disney Springs and you're going to the, the to the polite pig. And I hear so, that's great. So next time you're in Disney Springs, take take Tony's advice. Go to the polite pig. Uh, if you don't like it, Adam will refund your cost. <laughs> uh, and polite pig is run by a, a restaurant group. Yes. That actually yes. knows what they're doing. Not that I'm saying Disney does or doesn't. I'm not saying that. But I am just saying that Polite Pig is independently owned, you know, restaurant that's, yes. that's just paying yes. rent to stay there, or to to stay there, to they're paying and rent to operate business there. I will say I like Flame Tree Barbecue and Animal Kingdom, Regal Eagle, eh, you know, like Adam says, I don't search out barbecue, but if I have it, like I went to Regal Eagle after it opened, I wasn't thrilled with anything. I'm sure we will at some point make our way into the. Uh, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, and uh, ho- hopefully it's better than Regal Eagle. I, w- I mean, I would like to go to Barbe- Roundup Rodeo. All right, what are we calling it here? <laughs> Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. I like to go there. My company is working right now in the restaurant. Yes, we are. And I know how why it's taken so long, because they've made a lot of changes, and they stopped work on it for a long time, and they decided to redo it. So I'd like to eat there. But I have a feeling it's going to be $70 a person. And I'm going to, like, not even want to eat most of the food. I'm just going to want to eat the sides. And, and they won't even give me all the sides. So Right. I guess this is just the this is just the cross I have to bear. That's all. First world problems, Adam. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Speaking of first world problems, let's head on over to the Disney Cruise Line, uh, where they have announced <laughs> that the uh, 
Pixar Day at Sea and Marvel Day at Sea voyages <laughs> will return in 2024, uh, and those will take place uh, on varying dates from July through early March, and they will be departing from various uh, Florida ports. Uh, Pixar Day at Sea will take place on seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruises out of Port Canaveral, uh, as well as seven-night Western Caribbean cruises out of Port Canaveral. And the Marvel Day at Sea will take place on five-night Western uh, Caribbean cruises out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is the new home. Well, in 2024, Fort Lauderdale will be the new home port, permanent home port of the Disney Dream. Uh, or this year, the Disney Dream is going out of Miami in a shared terminal, um, but they will have a new second permanent port in Fort Lauderdale uh, in 2024. So that's kind of exciting. That's nice because Fort Lauderdale is easier for like us to get to than Miami is. It right? is. It is. For anybody uh, and, for them, not and, just us. And the few cruises I've taken out of Miami, I've flown into Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And stayed in Fort Lauderdale and then just Ubered to Miami the next morning. How how far is that? Uh, like a 30-minute ride, 30, 40-minute well, ride. That's not, that's not, not bad, bad at all. I thought it was. But all if you right. fly in a Fort Lauderdale, it's even better. It is, and it's cheaper. So let's, uh, let's head on over to where it all began, and that is over in Disneyland. Uh, January 27th saw the start of the Disney 100 celebration, celebrating 100 years of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, they've started a few new nighttime experiences. They've got a few new parades coming. They've got some banners. They've got merchandise. They've got medallions. Uh, everything you want, <laughs> they've got. Uh, as part of the celebration on January 27th, they opened up the a West Coast version of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in the El Capitoon Theater, uh, and that is in Mickey's Toontown, which the rest of Toontown is currently closed because it is being refurbished, and that will open later in March. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that, Adam? I have not been there, but I've, I've seen plenty of video and pictures. The queue for uh, Railway looks amazing. It's it set does. in a It's set in a cartoon universe of of a movie theater where... Um, they are showcasing Mickey Mouse's uh, past theatrical and television like appearances. They have like quote unquote real props from and they his, are they're they're out of the Disney archives. Yeah, from him. Well, I mean, even things like the steering wheel from Steamboat Willie. Oh, okay. You know, they made some things that aren't real real, which I think is really cool. Right. Um, the ride is, from what I can tell, is mostly identical. There is a longer end scene because the to get back to the to the uh exit from like where the ride ends it's like a longer piece of track so there's mm-hmm. just um, there's not another scene it's just this is a longer you know dead area i guess right no but it looks i mean other than that it looks great uh the the, the area looks great they added grass to uh well fake grass in the in an area in front of um Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. They removed the fountain that was mm-hmm. the Roger Rabbit fountain. It's very controversial. Uh, move there. Uh, we kind of were hoping they would keep the fountain and just add grass around it. They didn't do that, but the grass is nice for kids too and adults to sit around and run around and lay down if you want to. And then nice. the and then I've seen like video of the the fireworks uh, show. Wondrous Journeys looks great. It looks really good. Right now, what I think is interesting with their fireworks show is 
uh, even though they're going to have this new Toontown section, a refurbished Toontown with this new, very popular Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction, on evenings that there are fireworks, Toontown closes for the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just understand that. The thing I think is funny is you say it's just a cartoon theater, but there's uh, the theater in Toontown is the El Capitoon. Uh, which is a little bit of a play on the El Capitan, uh, mm-hmm. which is a theater in Hollywood uh, that Disney has had a major hand in refurbishing. Uh, it was built around the same time as the Chinese theater, and there used to be an Egyptian theater as well uh, that was built by Sid Grauman. Uh, you may know him from the Grauman Chinese Theater, uh, and that opened in uh, 1926. Uh, right now it is uh, – I'm not sure if Disney owns it, but they have premiered many features uh, at the El Capitan, uh, and they also have an old-school soda shop that is attached to the theater itself. So if you're out in California uh, and you spend a little time in Hollywood, you can get a little bit of a Disney fix uh, by going to the El Capitan. Yes, uh, Disney owns the El Capitan Theater. Yes. And they do Thank a lot you. of they, – they premiere, like, most of their movies there. Yes, like, they do. Like the carpet and all that stuff. I see that they have uh, they're actually going to be showing Princess and the Frog. Speaking of Tiana uh, later in February, I am unfamiliar with the Egyptian theater, but it doesn't really matter because it doesn't appear that it's there anymore. (laughs) I I did not uh, know about it either until I researched the El Capitan. Uh, So that uh, that's the deal there. Yeah, it looks like it's a um, it's a it's a taco restaurant now. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, there. Wait, well, okay. Here's a. There's a. I'm looking at the street view here. There is a a nice neon sign, Egyptian. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a theater anymore. Grauman's Egyptian. Oh, look at that. But I don't know if it's a theater. I can't. I cannot tell. Well, it has the, the front courtyard. No, I think it is the Egyptian Theater Hollywood. Do you think that uh, that the podcast will pay for us to go out there and check movie, things out? It's a movie theater. I think I think the podcast. <laughs> sure, Tony. I think the podcast will pay for us to come there. Well, uh, very <laughs> interesting fact uh, is that Netflix, as of May 2020, became owner of the Egyptian theater. Oh, okay. I mean, so, that makes sense. Very cool. The idea of a of a 100th anniversary for the company is kind of weird. I don't know. It just it just seems, seems kind of odd. Like I was listening to Carly Weisel's podcast and she says, like, it's not like we would celebrate the 100th anniversary of Home Depot. You know, they you might know? offer some type of discounts or a promotion. <laughs> uh, Carly Weisel, of course, friend of the show. I was like listening to that. I'm like, yeah, I think you're kind of right. Like, but but Disney's a different. It's it's different because it has people. It has employees. And then it has, you know, people that buy their products, consumers, and then there are fans, people that just like the company. You, you know what it boils and down we to? we all Adam? buy it. We all consume a different level of it. You know, it, it all boils down to any reason to have a party. Well, for Disney, absolutely. Yes. You know, every five years in Disneyland, we're celebrating the uh, the 10th or 5th anniversary of the park opening. You know, whether it's the 60th, the 65th, the 70th, the 70th. Well, I think I think there was going to be a 60 big 65th thing, but that it was closed for COVID when that happened. Uh, and the 70th is going to be in 2025. Yeah, that's Which, three years from now, two years from now. 
Yeah. So we'll have the 100th anniversary celebration run from uh, January of 2023 into 2024. Uh, and then there will probably be a couple month lag and then it will go into the 70th anniversary of Disneyland from probably yep. mid 2024 through to the end probably of the end of 2025. Yep. There you go. We're we're Disney we just, planning now. We we got it. They should they should hire us. Um They should. I've always thought of D- Disney is kind of like being a fan of a sports team and mm-hmm. that you can be a fan of the team and not and consume less or consume more, but you're still an equally like you're on an equal playing field as other fans, and it's more of an emotional connection. It goes beyond just a financial connection. You know, you're emotionally attached to a team. Team trades away a player that you like. You you get sad. Team wins a championship. Doesn't do anything for me, you know, personally. But right. it makes me feel good. Like, I feel like I won, even though I wasn't on right. the team, you know? Exactly. Disney closes an attraction, you're sad. They have a exactly. billion-dollar blockbuster, you're all excited. Exactly. As long as they don't change things, we're okay. Yeah. Like, parking lot names or um, barbecue restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what I'd like to change? The ending of the show. Uh, no, I don't want to change the ending of the show. As always, I'll remind our listeners that our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. On behalf of my pal Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Stab it with their steely knives, but they